Good morning. Welcome to Morning Bread, Season One. Devotion with Pastor Chris and another host on Book of Mark. Today, I'd like to welcome Elder John. Thank you, Elder John, for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be with you. I really enjoy studying the Word of God. Yes, today we're going to be on Book of Mark again, chapter 1, verse 14 to 20. Mm, I look forward to it. Let me read the first two verses so we can dive into it. But let's uh, have a word of prayer before we start. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you again for the time we can come into your Word. Give us one in spirit. Inspire us today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. Uh, I'm reading from King James Version. Verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and the saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Wow, two verses. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just, there's a lot to take out from here, Chris. Um, That's right. Like you tell us, where, where would you like us to go from? All right. Uh, let's just look at the two verses. Um, you look at it, it says that after John was put in the prison, John, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And we don't see much uh, actually history from Book of Mark. Um, Book of Matthew, Book of Luke, giving more detail, a background into the verses. But here, he jumps straight into the uh, Galilean ministry of Jesus Christ. And he started out with the very theme of Jesus doing and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Uh, it's very interesting. My, my question is, um, you know, we just, we, uh, in the past, we've spoken about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if Jesus had not died and was on the cross and he hadn't have been resurrected, because that was the gospel, you know, Paul used to say, everything is rubbish, save Jesus crucifies. You know, it means resurrected as well. Mm. If Jesus died for our sins, what was the gospel? What gospel was he preaching? That's a good question, I think. Mm. If he didn't die, there's no gospel. <laughs> yeah, but there must have been some gospel then. There must have been some good news then as well uh, for them to receive because Jesus gave that because their, their understanding of uh, the gospel uh, wouldn't have been what Jesus came with, you know, at the end of his ministry and the beginning of his heavenly ministry. They didn't understand that. So that a gospel must have meant something when G- when the Bible says he preached the gospel. What was that gospel? That's right. And especially if you look at it, the verse 15, it gives the content what Jesus was talking about. It says that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And repent, ye believe the gospel. The question is, what time was the was Jesus referring to? And if you, if you look at the Bible, um, there's only one point, because this whole Galilean ministry is straight after the baptism of Jesus Christ, what we have covered last time. Uh, what was the time there is only one place you can go is Daniel chapter 9. Can I, can I just say, just coming back to that verse, Chris, mm. I mean, the Bible says here, uh, the gospel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So whatever that gospel is, we'll, we're going to look into that. And the Bible says, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the first thing that Jesus says was, the time is fulfilled. I mean, what does that mean? What does it mean by time is fulfilled? I would suggest to you, that the gospel is always connected to something to do with time being fulfilled, which is what? Prophecy. Mm. You, know, I, I, you know, in the time of Jesus, they, they referred to prophecy to understand where they were in the time of God's appointed time, right? That's right. And today, we also, as God's people, 
have to connect the gospel to prophecy because without prophecy, there is no gospel and it cannot be verified. And that's why the, Jesus says the time is fulfilled. He was verifying something, right? Obviously a prophecy. And where is that prophecy, uh, Chris, that you would like to go to? All right, let's go to Daniel chapter 9. I really appreciate what you're saying here, Elder John. Um, that's correct. Prophecy is actually the God given to us to, to know what God's going to do. The whole prophecy, there's no prophecy out there is not pointing to uh, the action of God, right? God gave us prophecy, and he said it in many places. Amos, I believe, he says that God will not hold a secret without revealing to his servants. And every single time before God does something, and God going to tell his servant about it. So the prophecy is here, especially the time prophecy, is referring to what does God going to achieve about this time. That's why if you go to Daniel chapter 9, uh, within Daniel chapter 8, Daniel chapter 9, there's a prophecy called 2300 days. But today we're looking into Daniel chapter 9, starting from verse 23, 24, onward to 27. This is where the time is fulfilled, and we believe that it's called a 70 weeks prophecy. Can I, can I just, before we dive into mm -hmm. that, I just want to just uh, go back into understanding prophecy. Um you know, Jesus said, "Just uh, one, this is one of my first memory verses many years ago, John five thirty nine. You search, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that testify of mm. me." So, what what is Jesus saying? That the scriptures, the prophecies, the Old Testament refer to Jesus Christ. So, when he, when he says uh, gospel, the gospel has to always include Jesus in some way. Amen. Right? The gospel of the Old Testament, a Messiah is coming. The gospel of the New Testament, like the woman at the well, we know the Messiah will come. And Jesus said to her, I am he. Right? Mm -hmm. The gospel has to include Jesus, right? And our gospel is different. Our gospel is Jesus died for our sins, forgave us, and Jesus is coming soon, right? Mm -hmm. That's our gospel. They didn't have Jesus is coming soon. They just knew Messiah is coming soon. They didn't know that he would die. Mm. You get the idea? They rejected the idea Jesus is going to die. But in the book of Daniel, Isaiah, God indicated very clearly Jesus is going to die. Yeah, well, we know. Yes. And uh, by the apostles. Can I, can I, before we read that, I want to read you one verse in John chapter 13, verse 19. Yes. It's one of my favorite verses. I use it, uh, why prophecy? Because some people ask me often, mm. John, why do you always go into prophecy? Why can't we just have the Gospels? And I said, how can you separate the Gospels from prophecy? Mm -hmm. I always ask that. The prophet itself is a Gospel. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. So John, John chapter 13, verse 19 says, I tell you before it come that when it come to pass, this, this is Jesus speaking, you may believe that I am he. Mm. See, that he, that who is he? He is the son of the, of the most high. He is the Messiah. He is our savior. He is the answer to all our confusion and all our questions, right? Mm. So Jesus says, I'm going to tell you something before it happens. So when you see it happen, you can trust me. So when Jesus said, in, in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 15, saying the time is fulfilled. What he's saying is prophecy has been fulfilled. Whatever is about to happen now is exactly what God said it's going to be, so you need to trust this moment. That's right. You know? So the question is, Chris, let's go, let's go to Daniel chapter 9, I think you said. We're looking at Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse 23 to verse 27. Maybe other John, you can read it for us. And at the beginning of the supplication... Uh, the commandment came forth and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved therefore understand the matter and consider the vision mm. 
Now, verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make the end of sin and to make a reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and uh, prophesy and to anoint the most holy. Verse 25. Now, therefore, know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even the trou in troublesome time. Verse 26. After the threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolation are determined. Verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the middle of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate even until the uh, consummation and the determined that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Mm. Thank you for a reading lot of it. That's a big mouthful, actually. A lot of things to consider, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, here, today, I just want to just emphasize a little bit here. This whole prophecy, uh, we're not going to go through the time today. It's a 490 years, 70 weeks. Uh, we're not going to go through when they're going to start. He says in verse 26, says that is from, from verse 25 says that uh, go from the going force the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks uh, the street shall be built again the wall and even the troubles times uh, if you want to learn more about that we're going we're to come a later podcast to explain Daniel verse by verse but today we're going to just go ahead to explain that the effect so here says that 490 years and we understand the dates is 4, 4, uh, 457 B.C. That's when the commandments coming out. All the way up to uh, you have the four, uh, 490 years will be the whole 490 years Messiah is going to be cut off and also the fulfillment of 27. But the whole prophecy is all about Jesus is going to come and the Messiah going to be cut off. To, do, to achieve one thing, it's verse 24, isn't it? It says that this whole Messiah is going to come. They're going to be cut off. Jesus is going to die. The goal is to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the visions and prophecy, and to anoint the Most High. So basically, the summary of the whole that is called repent. The Jesus Christ come is going to show the ultimate the goodness of God. That God didn't uh, forbidden or didn't forsake the people who sinned against him. And God didn't condemn the people who sinned against me. And God died for them. And God says, I give you a second chance to behold how much I love you. Now I might I might earn your heart back to me. Can I can I just say something, Chris? Mm -hmm. Um if you notice in verse twenty four, it mentions to finish transgression, mm -hmm. make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. You know that there's three different, that sin is referred to in three different ways. You know that the, there's three different types of sin. Transgression is something that we do wrong that we don't know is wrong. Right? There's many people who never heard about the Sabbath, and they break the Sabbath every week, but they never, no one ever told them and because uh, no one ever knew. Right? So that's called transgression when we don't know. 
The other one is called sin. Now, sin, as everyone knows, it's the, the meaning is missing the mark. In other words, you, you, do, you know what is wrong, and you're trying your best, but ah, you got angry again, and, and you, know, you did something that you shouldn't do again. You, you're trying your best, but you're just like aiming for a target, and you miss. The last one is for iniquity. Iniquity is you know it's wrong. You can not do it if you don't want, but you just do it anyway. So if you notice that, that whatever the, the time is fulfilled, Jesus was going to reveal to us his will. Which in, other, in other words, we're going to know what's wrong. And he's going to give us uh, power to overcome sin. In other words, before we couldn't because we, we missed the mark. But he's going to give us the power. It means give us victory. And the last one is he'll make a reconciliation for iniquity. And he's going to forgive us even for the things we did deliberately. That's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. So it's not just forgiveness. It's about victory, and it's about uh, and it's about uh, empowerment. God is going to give us the power of self, of forgiveness and repentance. It's beautiful, isn't uh, it? Which actually, what you emphasize on, um, uh, this is actually getting people to understand they're going to go to the kingdom of God, not just the kingdom on earth. Here, it doesn't say anything about throw away the Romans' governments here. It doesn't say anything about conquering soldiers here. It's talking about sin. That's where the focus of ministry of Jesus Christ was. To finish that, by how? By displaying the goodness of God. We cannot do that on our own. That's why the Messiah has to be cut off when we're beholding how much God loves us. And they will make an end of transgression or sins and or iniquity. And that's actually all about the, that's why Mark chapter 1 verse 14 says that he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God is not a kingdom on earth. That's the focus. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, you know, when you look at Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9 is really uh, an answer to Daniel chapter 8. And I'm not going to go into mm -hmm. that too much. So Daniel was waiting and praying and praying. And some people think it's between 13 to 15 years before his question, what is, you know, how long? You know, That's that, why the that people will suffer. Yeah, how long? How long, Jesus? How long, Father? And uh, the angel comes down to Daniel and, and gives him the core understanding of repentance mm. and forgiveness of God. That's right. I like what he said. The first thing he tells Daniel after 13 years of silence, right? He hadn't heard from the Lord in vision. He says, Daniel, by the way, I have a message from the Lord. And Daniel says, you have a message? Then he says, you are greatly loved. God just wants to tell you, Daniel, he really loves you. Mm. You know, can you imagine hearing... Imagine an, an angel. I don't know about you, Chris. I often do this because I'm simple. I'm a simple man, and I'm childish at heart. I could imagine what it would be like for an angel to appear to me, and the first thing he would say to me is that God has a message for you, son. He loves you, man. What would you think at that moment? You would think nothing that I give up is going to consider of any value compared to considering what God has given me right now. That's right. You know, I would give up everything just to hear that. And you know what? God says that to all of us. And that's the that's the core of the gospel, even in the time of Christ, before he even died, in the beginning of Mark chapter 1. Mm -hmm. The core of the gospel is that God loves man, Amen. woman. Amen. And God is preparing for the kingdom of God for us, not a kingdom on earth. The mm. more we see, the more we'll realize that. Now, how do we get there? It's through repentance, by beholding the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I also believe the gospel here, when it says the gospel, is about transgression, right? It's about for God forgiving us for our sins and repenting. Because repentance is a gift of God, right? Mm -hmm. 
faith is a gift of God. Everyone has a measure of faith. These are the gift that God gives us. Mm. So, you know, when we feel sorry for something, that is the evidence the Holy Spirit is powerful in our life, mm-hmm. right? All right. Hey, let's move on to the second part of the uh, verses today, 16 to 20. Uh, maybe I will read it. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straight away they forsook uh, their nets and followed him. And when he had uh, gone a little further thence, uh, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, and who also were in the sheep uh, mending their nets. Straight away he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the sheep with the hired servants and went after him. Mm. Can I ask you something? Yes. Have you ever been fishing? Uh, once in my life. Oh, did you catch anything? Oh, I did. I didn't use the. Uh, I didn't. I didn't use the fishing gears. I used my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do fishing. <laughs> well, I, once in Vanuatu, I I used my t-shirt and I caught a fish like a net. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were so many. We were swear. I mean, you have to go to Vanuatu one day. You know, the fish were everywhere, and uh, and I just lifted my T-shirt up because I was wearing a T-shirt not to get sunburned, and I caught a fish, and uh, that was fun. But I, I have been fishing, and there is something when you go fishing, Chris, I can tell you, when you can catch a fish on a fishing line or in a net or anything, my favorite fishing, honestly, I when I go to the surf, you know, where the, where the waves are big, and uh, standing on the sand, uh, maybe a little bit close to sunset, well, I love that kind of fishing. It just it feels nice to be on the ocean and and waiting for the fish to come. You know, when Jesus says, "I'll make you fisher of men," you ask anybody who's been fishing, what do they all tell you when they go? We all say the same thing. Whether you eat fish or not, it's got nothing to do with it. It's just it's very exciting. <laughs> you know, he's what's what really Jesus is saying. I'll make you fisher of men. I want to tell you. I will suggest to you that he's saying what I'm going to give you right now is going to be a, a lot of fun. It's going to be enjoyment. It's going to be very fulfilling. Because when you catch a fish and you catch another one, next day, well, you know what you're thinking? I want to go back to the same place and see if I can catch more. Or someone says, oh, there's a better place. You'll catch bigger fish. Really? So you want to go to that place straight away. There's, a, there's something about no matter how old you are, and I've got a few friends who are like fanatical fishermen, right? They will go to any lengths to go to a great spot to fish because it is exciting and enjoyable. Mm. When Jesus if he makes us fisher of men, what he's really saying is the work of God is very exciting. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's why I, I, I like to point out just two words in uh, verse 18 and verse 20. Uh, the word started out with and. Well, well there's no and in uh, original Greek. It's just uh, straight away, right? The word straight away, it tells me um, how the Peter's life has been totally changed is that he understands that a little bit. He Probably he doesn't understand the whole mission of Christ at the time yet, but he's willing willing to let go his old life, to surrender to Christ, to to let Christ to to teach him how to be the fisher of men, to let the gospel to come in. Uh, actually, thinking about this, fishing back to the old times is not a poor job. It's actually middle, upper class a career. So he was like, okay, uh, let it go straight away. Boom. He forsook everything. He said, let's go. He's forsook the nets, and that's the gears. You know, somebody posted that. Maybe he just sold my business first. He did nothing. He just 
Fosuke on the uh, shore there. Let it go straight away. You know, as uh, as I as this would be a devotion for you and me or whoever's mm -hmm. listening. I think the the biggest struggle we have is um, I like what you said that the, the point you're making is um, holding on to something and not letting it go mm -hmm. straight away. And I think the greatest joy, it's really a strange thing. The greatest joy is following Jesus mm -hmm. straight away. And the greatest regret has always been, I'm just talking from personally, I don't mm -hmm. know about you, Chris, but has been always I've delayed it. And then, um, and then after I follow, I'm thinking, why did I delay mm -hmm. it so long? And I'm grateful I, I, I did go, but I was regretful I delayed. And when we read straight away, so someone once said, well, let me think about it, let me pray about it. And then I used to ask the question of different people in public audiences when I was younger. At what point does God want us to turn from our mm. sin? In one week, one month, you know, 10 minutes, or straight away? That's right. straight away. At what point does God want to bless us and empower us? At what point does God want to bestow on us the peace and the joy and the good news in our hearts that we are like burning on the inside mm. straight away? God wants up for us for our better is straight away. But the problem is we always go, as you said, you know, let me sell my nets. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I can, my cousin, he can sell them for me, but give me five minutes, you know, you know, let me uh, fix them up. Let me catch one more lot of fish because I need a bit mm -hmm. more money. You know, mm -hmm. you get what I mean? But God, the, the example here is these men were chosen because they left straight away. Mm. And it's interesting, as you pointed out, um, Jesus is God and he loves us so much as the story you share that's right. going to be exciting than be a fisher of fish right and if God knows what actually makes us feel the fulfillment the most and we procrastinate we procrastinate the joy that's actually what we're doing we procrastinate uh, the excitement we're going to feel later that's why I really like what you say uh, sometimes we regret it why would I delay so long to surrender to the Lord I guess uh, often people think it's the theologians that come first. You know, the the evidence was there were theologians in Jesus' day, by the way. They were called Pharisees and Sadducees, right? But no, he didn't choose one theologian. He chose just the simple mm -hmm. men that would follow. Not people that were supposedly, you know, like in quote and unquote, intelligent mm -hmm. or totally equipped. He followed, he, uh, he chose for people that were willing. Yes. You know, that were willing to, to be blessed. And, and you know what? Not just willing one day, but willing now. So every time I read that in my own devotion, Chris, I, the Spirit of God convicts me and says, you know, next this is the next step. Now this is the time to take it. You know, that's the secret of who we are as Christians. In actual fact, that's the secret of the Spirit of God working mm. with us, is that we, as soon as God calls us, we Amen. say, yes, Lord. I think that's why we say that from the beginning. Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God. He doesn't play the rules of the kingdom of earth. You know, if you play with the rules of engagement, uh, kingdom of earth, then you choose those intelligent people. God does not play that way. God says that I preach the kingdom of God. I will choose the people who are faithful to the kingdom of God. Is the one quick to listen and quick to respond and quick to surrender to Jesus Christ. And it turns out mm. Peter become theologian, <laughs> right? He had a Peter, first Peter, second Peter, and people still study it today. <laughs> All those Praise theologians God. at the time, no matter how many books I wrote it before, I don't think many people are studying it now. <laughs> so forgive me for saying this, but for all those theologians listening, uh, this might be a rebuke or, or a blessing. A theologian is someone that has experienced God and that has had incredible fruit of leading many people to Jesus and consider, con 
consistently leading people to Jesus during and after. But if you're a theologian and you're not leading people to Jesus, I question if you're a real theologian of God. <laughs> theologian of a kingdom of earth, <laughs> not a theologian of a kingdom of God, yes. And I believe that when you study the Bible diligently and lead someone to Christ. Yes. Mm, amen. Well, that was, a, that was a, a few verses that I honestly, if I probably read through myself, I may have missed, but actually having a Bible study like this with you, Chris, uh, helped you to see a few different things that I probably wouldn't have seen in the same way. Thank, Thank you, Chris. Dr. John. That Thank was you real. for joining me today. Um, maybe we have to close here today. Uh, let us say a prayer. Let's pray. Sure. Father, we thank you again for the time we can spend together as we open your word. Uh, I pray that you bless us as we continue this program and continue this podcast and be with us. Give us Holy Spirit and teach us uh, how to receive the gospel in our heart, how to have repentance of daily life, and also teach us be a theologian of kingdom of God. Teach us how to surrender straight away, how to submit our will to you straight away, how to answer your call straight away. And Father, bless us Amen. and teach us to become like Peter and John and Andrew, become a disciple of yours, because you loved us so much. You have sacrificed your son for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. 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 